You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. I am Martina Cunha, and you're listening to Backstage Talk. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Backstage Talk. Today is a really special episode because it is our 100th episode. And I am really excited for this guest that I have today. I have Eli Tokesh. He is one of the sweetest and most wonderful human beings I have ever met. He is a performer. He has been in five Broadway and touring shows like Finding Neverland, Pippin, A Christmas Story, and Mary Poppins. He was the first ever Trevor from Trevor the Musical. Who You, you won an award for that role, right? I did, um, yeah. And he also is the host and producer of one of my favorite podcasts, Take a Bow, also available on the Broadway Podcast Network. So, Eli, I am really happy and excited to have you here. Welcome to Backstage Talk. Oh, my gosh. I'm so honored to be here. I've always said, like, there's a few uh, podcasts on BPN that I've, like, always been wanting to go on. And yours is, like, the first one on my list. So I'm honored to be here, honored to be here with you today and uh, catch up with you. It's going to be so much fun yes it will and trust me the honor and the pleasure is mine um because stop you i i admire you so much and <laughs> um besides being friends i professionally admire you so so much so thank you for being here yes of course i mean you know i'm a big fan of yours as well you're on my podcast already so uh, <laughs> i'm excited to be here today so eli what did I miss from your bio because you started really, really young in this industry and you're now in college. Um, tell us a little bit more about yourself and a, a random fun fact about you. Oh, a random fun fact about me is um, I'm probably the least cultured like theater kid in the world. Um, you know, like I haven't even seen most of the Disney movies. I've probably seen like three Disney movies. Uh, when I tell people that I've seen The Lion King, they yell at me, my friends, because I've only seen like the live action and I've never seen like the cartoon. Same with Beauty and the Beast, uh, all of these like movies that they're like now remaking in live action. So everyone gets mad at me for that. And uh, I'd probably say that uh, I, I'm definitely not cultured in my Disney era, and I have failed uh, theater kids, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you start in this industry? 
Yeah, so um, I started out, I'm originally from like West Virginia, which is like 30 minutes outside of Pittsburgh. Um, and, you know, everything that we did was in Pittsburgh. At the time, my brother and I played ice hockey. And so we practically lived in Pittsburgh when we were going to practices and, and you know, whether grocery shopping, eating, all that stuff would take place in Pittsburgh while they like waited for us at practice and whatnot. So um uh, we we practically lived in Pittsburgh, and one day we saw an ad in the newspaper that uh, Pittsburgh's maybe, I would say, one of the most like famous theater uh, companies in Pittsburgh, and like theaters in Pittsburgh, um, which is the Benedum Center, and a lot of shows that uh, go through the Benedum Center are put on through the Pittsburgh CLO Civic Light Opera. Um, and, uh, my, in the newspaper one day, uh, my sister saw an ad that she could audition for a show and they were doing like these open calls and all these things. And we had no idea what any of this stuff meant. Uh, my sister and I would love to, and my brother, we would love to like do like SNL skits and like put on shows and stuff around our house, but it was nothing like crazy you know like we weren't putting on like full like little productions or anything we would just be singing around the house being fools um and menaces for my parents um so uh when she saw the ad she totally was like oh my god i need to audition i need to audition my parents were like there's no way like what even is that like i i don't think so and all these things she did dance she did soccer she did track like she was doing her own thing um and they were just like we don't have time for this blah 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 well uh she just kept asking and asking and then the day uh of the auditions my parents woke her up at like 7 a.m and we're like okay get ready we're gonna go to your audition and she was like uh, I'm so excited, and uh, I love telling this story. This is the long-winded an a answer to your question, but uh, so we went, or she went, and uh, she, you know, she pulled up. She pulled up in like a full-out camo outfit, and everyone else had like rehearsal blacks, and everyone was in their like jazz shoes, and we like we put her in her tennis shoes, you know, or, or sneakers or whatever, um, and uh, you know come to find out a couple days later uh she booked it um and she booked it with uh, a bunch of really talented people who are still like killing it in the industry you know it, it was the tour of chitty chitty bang bang um because in every like little new city they would hire uh local orphans so that they didn't have to like pay for them to travel all around um and it was her, like Joe Serafini, who's like killing it in the High School Musical, the musical, the series. Yes. Um, Logan Rowland, who was in the Adams Family Tour, and like all of these fantastic people, like kids who uh, have kind of went on to do like their own stuff, which has been fantastic. Um, and so we we asked around to them, you know, like they were in the academy, you know, they were doing stuff in Pittsburgh and and doing the theater, the theater thing. And, uh, you know, they were like big deals in Pittsburgh to the fact that they were like in this show is like, oh, cool. Um, they were like the cool kids in town, you know. So uh, we asked them and we asked their parents, you know, like, what's the deal? Like, how does this all work? Like, my sister really enjoys it, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, they were helping us out. So they got my sister enrolled. Well, then come to find out like opening night, I went to see the show and I was like, oh my God, this is like, it was my first introduction to musicals. Um, again, probably because I've never seen a Disney movie. Uh, this was my first introduction at like six or seven to like 
you know, a real like musical. Um, and I was just absolutely blown away, um, blown away. And I didn't even understand what was fully going on, but I was like, that's something that I would like, I want to be up there. Um, so then my mom was like, okay, then we really have to like figure this out. So, um, you know, just calling around, asking around, eventually, uh, doing a summer camp at the Academy, my whole family. So uh, the fam involved, enrolled us into the summer camp in Yellow, and that's where I did my first ever show. Um, not even like, like I mean, not even like a school production. I didn't even do any of those. Um, but uh, I mean, I was in my choir at school. But anyways, it was my first show. It was I was King Louie in the Jungle Book Junior. Not a big deal. Um, Bare Necessities was my jam <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, and uh, just absolutely like j- being a fool on stage and making people laugh. Uh, just it, it, it sealed the deal for me. And I was just like, how can I how can I do this more and more? Like, what's next? Let me do it. Um, so like the the you know, at the summer camp, the principle of the like whole thing uh, was like, you really should audition for like our like shows, like our real shows at the Benedum and the Biome and all the things. So every year they like do a Christmas Carol um, at the uh, Biome Theater, and I auditioned and I got it, and it was uh an unbelievable experience you know like that was like my first real show that like I got my paycheck and like a real cast with adults and all these things and that was at six years old so a very very uh crazy journey to you know the whole scene but uh it eventually happened and I was in that A Christmas Carol as Tiny Tim for three straight years and in my third year uh yeah you know every year it was just like okay you should like do some other shows so I did Mm -hmm. like Oliver and Jesus Christ Superstar and like all these things with them um and they were just like you need to like just go to New York for a weekend um and see what happens and when I was in a Christmas Carol you know there were people who would come see the show and be like oh like we want to represent you and like I got like a local agent but then the New York agents we were like skeptical about because we were like New York's so far away we don't want to move um and uh you know uh, one thing led to another and so they were just like go and so we stayed with the musical director of a Christmas Carol And he wrote down like a bunch of agencies that like are good for like starting out in the industry and all these things. And this was on like December 23rd. So it was like close to the Christmas holiday. And uh, it was, you know, cold in New York, windy, all the things snowing. And we we got up here, we were let off in Chinatown. It was our first experience in New York. And we were like, what do we do? Um, and we were just like going crazy and like we would ask around but like no one would speak English in Chinatown and we were just like oh no like what have we gotten ourselves into um, and so we pretty much walked from Chinatown to like 70th Street where my uh, musical director's like uh, apartment was and uh, finally got home and we showered to like warm up and then we went out on our way again to to slide because I had done like a short film 
Um, and then like I had the CLO credits and whatnot um, on my resume. So like I had like a little resume and I had a short film. And so we were just sliding it under their doors because we would knock and no one would answer because yeah. it was like the holiday. So they were like out. And so um, we were like, okay, well, this is great. We'll just leave it under the door and they'll see it when they see it, you know, type thing. So um, there was one agency, the Clear Talent Group, which is uh, a, a pretty popular agency for sure. Um, they were open and they were like, oh, come in after we knocked. And we were like, oh, great. Um, and they were like, who are you here to see? And we were like, I'm sorry. Um, what does that mean? Because we were like, we don't have an appointment, you know, like we were just coming to like chat. Um, and they were like, oh, no, like, that's not how that works. You know, like, you have to come and you have to have an appointment, you have to call ahead, and we have to approve you and all the things. And we were like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry for wasting your time. Like, here's this, um, you know, handed them my resume and, and short film. Here's my stuff. Um, you know, call me if something yeah, happens. Me. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, we walked out the door. We didn't even uh, get like out of the building pretty much. And they were just like, come back up really quick. We want to see, we want to like talk to you. Mm -hmm. And we were like, oh, okay, great. So obviously, like it was slow and everything at the holiday time. So apparently they had time. And Paula Poeto was my first ever agent. Uh, she, I, she took me back and talked to me and was like, you know, interviewing me almost and asking me to sing and do like a monologue and do whatever. And they were like, okay, great. Like, have a good day. And I was like, oh, this is so weird. Like, how does this <laughs> industry work? Um, like, why wouldn't you tell me like there, you know? And they were like, okay, thank you so much. Like, not even like a we'll be in touch or whatever. And so I was like, okay, great. Like, you know, at least I saw someone, it, successful trip, you know. So we then go downstairs again, and we go around the corner to the Familia Pizzeria, um, you know, the famous pizza in New York. And so um, we were eating, and I was on the phone with my mom, actually, because I was like, mom, someone saw me. Um, <laughs> and I was just, like, so excited because it was me and my dad and my brother. Um, and, uh, she was like, you have to come back up. I watched your short film and I want to sign you. And I was like, there's no way you watch my short film because it has not been eight to 12 minutes, you know, <laughs> like however long it was, but, uh, okay. Um, and they signed me and I was like, you know, this is wonderful. Like, how does this whole thing work? And she was like, you know what, just like, trust us, like, we'll guide you through it. And all the things like they were so sweet about it all. And uh, they were like, this is gonna be great. So I go home. And I was like, oh, I have an agent, you know, so like, we stopped going to other agents. And we were like, this is it. And uh, we went home back to West Virginia. And probably like the day after like new year's you know like as soon as they could they sent me out on an audition and so um they my first ever audition was for mary poppins you know like professionally like yeah. outside of pittsburgh 
and uh, I booked it. So um, I was like, this industry is great. You know, <laughs> one for one. I'm so yeah. good. Um, <laughs> little did I know that that's not the case. Uh, but yeah, that's how that whole story started. Sorry it took so long to tell. but No, I loved it because that was the most unexpected jump to Broadway. So I yeah. love it. Yeah. No, seriously. It was like, it, it totally like... I mean, not for a lack of a better term, like it was a fluke, you know, yeah. like it, it just like, didn't, it's not your traditional story. It's now, it wasn't something that was planned. It wasn't even like a goal of mine at the time, you know, like it was just something mm -hmm. it, that was in my life. And I just knew I wanted to perform. Like, I didn't even know what Broadway was, you know, like I, I was just like, oh, it's theater in New York, you know, like type thing. And I was like, cool, we have that too. Like our Broadway is the CLO, you know? <laughs> I love it. So starting with Mary Poppins, you then went to other shows as Pippin, Finding Neverland, and leading all the way to Trevor three years ago. Yeah. Um, how, how was it going on tour and being on Broadway with those shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I went on tour with Mary Poppins. I was nine years old. And um, it was just an unbelievable experience. You know, it was weird and it's unique uh, for a kid to go on tour because with all the child labor laws and everything, you know, you can only perform so many times a week. You can only uh, like travel so many so much and you can have you have to do school and all these things like it's very like crazy that like even I still to this day, like don't fully understand. Um, but uh it was great, you know, and the, and the cities that I didn't have to do school in were my favorite, you know, because like, I couldn't explore the cities, like I couldn't do that stuff um, that like the adults would do or whatever, like our field trips, we would go on school field trips would be at like the aquarium or the <laughs> national park, you know, like, that was my extent of like, St. Louis and Minnesota. Oh, wait, I think St. Louis. And oh, no, St. Louis, Minnesota. Uh, we did go to the Mall of America. That was fun. Um, and like all of these like beautiful cities, Seattle and like all of these great cities where you could do so much. But like that was my extent of exploring the, the city. And then, of course, like we had like our boring cities like Ohio and all of that. And we didn't mind that. But, you know, <laughs> it was good. Like, yeah, so um, but I loved it. And it was my first time away from my family. So it was really challenging um a lot especially in the beginning you know like it was easy to get homesick and then it was especially towards the end where it was just like uh like this is so weird like i'm just ready but then i would go to the theater and i'd be like with my family but like not my actual family um so it was just like a weird range of emotions that like me as a nine-year-old i just didn't understand and didn't know how to deal with or comprehend um but I loved touring and I've always said that I wanted to do a tour like now, like after college, um, be able to explore the world a little bit because it's a great excuse to do that and uh, en enjoy the tour, you know, yeah. enjoy performing, be able to go out, do get like actual rest instead of like doing a show and then waking up at like seven to do school and tutoring and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that that would be that would be my thing. And I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love it. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What would be one of your favorite memories from those Broadway shows? Oh, my God. Um, uh, those Broadway shows, I mean, with The Christmas Story, Pippin, and, and Finding Neverland, they were all so different, you know. Um, they were all uh, – I really lucked out because I, I – not every show has that sense of family that uh, you have, but I feel like any show with kids, that sense of family really comes out because – you become a family, you know, like you have, you're playing, the adults are playing parents, the kids are playing mm-hmm. their kids. And like, it just happens. And everyone kind of around you, like the kids just keep everyone young, you know, like I've had them all on my podcast. And it's just like anything with kids just immediately brings the inner kids and the adults and the, everyone becomes more of a family and like all the things. So um, just the sense of like the, the friendships that I've made definitely stands out. I wish I could say like my Broadway debut, but like, I really don't remember it, um, which is so sad. And um, probably just like the freedom, the freedom that uh, my creative teams in especially like in Pippin and Finding Neverland, you know, Diane Paulus really uh, allowed me to take the reins on my role. And uh, I I replaced both times in Pippin and Finding Neverland. So it wasn't like my role to come into and make, but it was uh, when I was there, it, it really felt like that was the case. And she allowed me to just play and allowed me to have fun with it, make it my own. So um, that's definitely probably my my favorite part about it. That's incredible. How would you summarize this whole journey as a performer all the way to today with your podcast, with being in college, um, training a lot, trying to find new opportunities to work in this industry? A whirlwind uh, is how I would pretty much sum it up as because, you know, there were so many things that happened off stage um, that have led to all of these moments, you know, like my dad and I came here and we didn't like own an apartment. So I had to like forge a lease saying that I owned an apartment to be able to go to school in New York, you know, like we had to do all of these things. My family is so much of like a we'll figure it out mentality and like, we'll do whatever it takes to, to do it. And like, we'll outwork whoever we need to um, in order to, to succeed and to live. And um, 
that's kind of been the mentality for it all, but also, uh, you know, staying true to like my roots, you know, back home and my family and all of that. So um, it's been a whirlwind, uh, just trying to figure out life, you know, like moving from West Virginia, New York was not easy. Uh, It was a culture shock for sure. Like, I mean, craziness stock here, but like, you know, there was like, you know, I, the first introduction I had to like gay people was like on tour, you know, like when I was nine years old and like, that's like crazy. Like, that's just like, I don't understand how that's even possible. Um, but like, I look back on that and it blows me away. And then like the diversity and the cultures here in New York, like there's none of that. There's like Italians and Polacks and, and, in West Virginia. And so like there, it's just, it's just another world. And so to live here and learn all of this new stuff, both on and off stage, um, has led to so much growth in me as a human. And, uh, also just, uh, a lot of self-realizations happened along the way. And, and, uh, it just, let's just say New York made it all make sense. And here I am today and performing uh, and being able, I'm very lucky to, to be able to do what I love. Yes. And I absolutely love it. Last let's swift it a little bit onto your podcast show. So how, why, and when did you start this? So I, why was, okay. was a bit of the when too. So um, it was, we so we it started out as uh, a co-hosted podcast so there were two hosts uh it was me and cindy lucas who was in fun home um and she and i always wanted to do something together i worked with her brother in a christmas story um but some way somehow it was like she totally like her and i's friendship took off and like her brother and I's friendship wasn't as like sharp, you know? Um, It's so funny. I've always gotten along better with girls. Don't know why. (laughs) Um, Seriously. Um, So uh, we always wanted to do something. We always wanted to like create something with each other and and have a little passion project or something. So, um, you know, I had this idea of making this podcast because I was obsessed with podcasts. Well, I am obsessed with podcasts and, uh, you know, I called her and I was just like, I'm doing a podcast. Like I'm starting my own podcast. Like that's, I'm so excited. And she was like, what? Like, what is this? Like, what does this mean? Like, how does this work? And I was like, oh, I don't know. But like, this, this is like what I'm going to do. And like, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, cause like, do we still know what we're doing? I don't know. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just so, so fun. And we were both so excited about it. And she was like, you know, if you ever want like a co-host, like, let me know type of thing, like as a joke. And I was like, wait, yes. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> stop. <laughs> um, you will absolutely be co-hosting. Um, so this became like our little, our, our little project that we always dreamed about. And, uh, it started just before it, it, we started, we had the idea and formulated the idea in like January, February of 2020. Little did we know that Broadway would be shut down in March of 2020. But in a way it was like the best thing that kind of happened for us. You know, we were making this theater podcast in a time where there was no theater. 
Um, so yeah, the same happened to to backstage talk. So we're on the same boat. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was just so magical. You know, like we yes. were able to bring a piece of theater to people at a time where they didn't have any. Yes. Um, and I think that you know podcasts in general are just so popular at the time and all the things. So it just was like a perfect storm of like creating this this project. You know, like we had no idea, and um. You know, uh, I guess for for some of us, like for Sydney and I, we never talked about like how long we would do it. Like if you told me in 2020 that I'd still be doing a podcast in 2023, I would have been like, you're nuts. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, that's just the way it worked out. And Sydney was just like once everything kind of came back to normal and she was working again, um, she was like, OK, I, I got to pull back um from it and, and and you know i'll obviously like support it all still and, and let me know if you need anything and co-host every once in a while or whatever um but uh it was it was totally it was so sweet and all the things and um now it's kind of just hosted by me and i've taken over for the past like a hundred or so episodes i do it every week it's a grind but it's a it's a passion of mine and I love it. And uh, it's all about theater and it's all about, you know, we, we go to the theater and we see these wonderful, wonderful performers take like perform, but we don't get to like see them, you know, we see them as a character and all the things. And so my, the goal of my podcast was really to, to allow them, the performer, uh, each individual performer, take a bow as themselves, you know, like take off the costumes, take off the wigs, be your natural self, tell your story, take ownership of your accomplishments and everything that you've done to get to the top and where you are today, you know, and, and I try to honor that in, in the best way that I can in all of my episodes. So that's kind of what uh, take a bow is and how it, how it all started and when it started. I absolutely love it. You know, it's one of my favorite shows. I really <laughs> enjoy those conversations. It was an honor when you invited me. Um, so it's it's just amazing. It's an yes. amazing, amazing podcast. Oh, thank you. That really means a lot coming from you. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone that wants to get into this industry, having your whole baggage starting <laughs> as a kid all the way to today. Um, am I allowed to curse on this podcast? Yes. Why okay. not? <laughs> Great. I'm just making sure. Um, there, someone very wise once told me, if you throw enough shit against the wall, something will stick. Yeah. And um, I've kind of like, ever since that, it was someone on Mary Poppins that, that told that to me and ever since that moment you know like it kind of has been my motto through it all because it it doesn't happen that like your first audition you're gonna book and so when I had that experience you know it was like a rude awakening that yeah. uh you know that's just not how it works and there I since then I've probably gotten 77 no's to the one yeses you know like type thing um so you know 
it's so cliche, but it's just like, keep going, you know, never give up on your dreams, like type thing. Cause, but like, I mean that in the most sincere way, you know, like you're told no so much and it's so easy to get discouraged in this industry. I still to this day am and get discouraged um, from like, oh my God, I'm never going to work again. Like, this is going to be terrible. Um, but, uh, you know, there's something out there for you and there's a story for you to tell you have a story powerful enough to tell that you deserve to be on the stage, even if it is a, a regional theater, a, a tour, or the biggest stage uh, that uh, we have made as a society called Broadway. You know, like I have this stigma for Broadway, but uh, that's another conversation. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so like just continuing to, to push on. And if you, this is something that you're passionate about, then you have to like, be passionate about it because it's not something that you can half-ass it's not something that you can quit like day two you know like that's just if you want to do it you have to do it and you have to go all in um you have a question coming up that i'll kind of tie back to what i'm saying now but uh there's no way dan loria who was my older self in, in a christmas story who was in the wonder years as a child actor and lombardi and all these things he's done um he said you can't half-ass this industry like you can't at, at the time in a christmas story and mary poppins and everything i would be traveling back to west virginia and wherever i needed to be um and he was like you can't like i don't know how much i can tell you this but you cannot succeed in this industry doing that like you're gonna drive yourself crazy you're mm -hmm. gonna drive yourself out of the industry and uh you know that i'll i'll leave the rest for for a question that's coming up so yeah so what is a risk yeah that you've taken that has totally paid off and now we will tie back to what you just said. oh yeah so the best risk that I take and, and I can't just like take full responsibility for this because it was so much my parents. I mean, for any child actor, it, it goes back to your parents, but moving to New York, you know, like that was, it was hard because at the time it wasn't a risk because my parents said, you're not moving to New York until you have a role. Mm -hmm. And so when I booked Pippin, um, they were like, okay, I guess we're like fully moving. Cause like in a Christmas story and stuff, like we were pay we were living in hotels. We were living in a subletting apartments for weeks or whatever. Um, so like we didn't do it. So then he told us that and we were like, okay, well, if, if the opportunity presents itself again, well, that just means that's life putting us where we need to be. You know, we always said that. And so Pippin happened, we moved and we moved for six months, though. Like, that was a very strong thing in my house, you know. It's only six months. That's how long the contracts are. Um, but then I extended. And then I kept working. And I was doing, like, three jobs at once while in Pippin. And then uh, Pippin ended, and I was doing The Greatest Showman readings, and I was doing... Um, all like a commercial and I was doing a TV show forever mm -hmm. and, and all, all these things. And they were like, God, like, <laughs> just like, what are we doing? Like, we have to figure this out. He's, he's still like doing stuff up here. And then finding Neverland came into my life. You know, Diane called and was like, I think you're perfect for Neverland. Uh, when Pippin closed and she was like, we have an opening up soon. Love for you to audition and all these things. And so 
it's uh you it all made sense when we made the move but uh you cannot succeed in this industry unless you're in in it you know in the center of it you have to be in new york you have to be in california you have to be where the magic is um and and still to this day like if i didn't live in new york i don't think my podcast would be as as successful as it is as it is today because while i'm here in new york I'm still continuing, even though I'm not doing a show or anything, you know, I'm auditioning and I'm still making my connections and I'm still um, able to do these wonderful events that just like pop up here and there. And I'm able to, to do the opening nights and all these things that uh, uh, I wouldn't have the luxury of doing if I didn't live in New York. And mm -hmm. the, the best thing that I ever did was move to New York as I, I, in this industry. So I would say that's, the best risk. I love that. Last question. What are your top five favorite musical theater shows? Oh my God. Top five. You know, I've always said, okay, Waitress is there, uh, probably number one. Um, but I've always said, unpopular opinion, Sideshow is one of my favorite musicals. Um, absolutely love Sideshow. Um, Waitress uh i love mj right now i love i love everything right now i love some like it hot kimberly akimbo um but i'm trying to think like all time um yeah uh i would say waitress sideshow um i'm a sucker for finding neverland i know i was in it and i know i was biased but i'll never forget the first time i ever saw that show it was like the first show that actually made me weep like a little child. Um, uh, and uh, those top three. And then, uh, and then um, I, I don't know. This is so hard, Martine. You can't do this. <laughs> there's so many wonderful shows that I would like put them all in the category because there's literally not one show that I've like walked out of, you know, like or like not liked. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Probably one of the ones that I mentioned. I know they're recent, but uh, that's just what's on my mind. No, but I love that. Eli, thank you so much for being <laughs> here. Thank you so much for sharing your story, your journey. Um, everyone, if you're listening to this, go listen to Take About. It has the most incredible interviews with Broadway people out there. Um, and I'm really happy to have you over. So happy 100th episode. Happy 100th episode, Martin. I'm so honored that I get to be your 100th uh, guest. Uh, that's so exciting. I can't believe 100 episodes. That's such a congratulations to you. That's such an amazing thing for you and says how much uh, uh, shows how much backstage talk is is killing it. And, and uh, what you do over here, the conversations that you have are so incredible. And, and everything that this podcast stands by with uh doing it in spanish and, and and having conversations in english like it's so wonderful what you're doing and there's nothing else out there like it you've made history already you're you're just doing so much um i'm, I'm so proud of everything that you're doing and it's an honor to to be on here today uh, uh being a part of your your journey with this thanks everyone for listening to this new episode of backstage talk Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Backstage Talk Podcast. Hey 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.